Hey guys, a welcome to another podcast, or if you're on the website, another video blog. And today's guest is Shelly Davidescu. She's a licensed marriage family therapist and the founder of cleanforks.com. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good. It's good to have you here. Um, tell everybody about Clean Forks and what it's about, because I think that it is so relevant to therapists today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so a little bit about Clean Forks. Clean Forks is actually an innovative website that is a blog and has recipes and also features interviews with other female entrepreneurs. And it is a great resource for people that are looking to change the way that they feel energy-wise, um, also their, to improve their mental focus and clarity, and to get answers about um, food and the way that they eat to improve really their stamina and energy and performance in the things that they're doing. So how did you get into food and nutrition after being a therapist? Tell me about that journey and that process. Yeah, you know, it's actually, it actually happened before I became a therapist. Uh, my journey started right around the time that I was in grad school. And I was in a, health-wise, I was in a bad place because I was const constantly having to consume coffee to stay awake in classes. <laughs> Uh -huh. Constantly having to, um, you know, depend on, on, on anything caffeinated to be able to pay attention. And I was exhausted all the time. And while we know that grad school does require a lot out of you energetically, there was something else that I felt was going on with, with the foods that I was consuming. And something just didn't feel right, uh, aside from the fact that I had a lot of digestive issues and I got to a point where I just was in too much pain and couldn't focus on the things that I wanted to do. And so now the very thing that I was, that I was going after, which was my degree and my schooling and my experience was being threatened. And, and I just, I couldn't risk not being able to pay attention in class and get the most out of what I want, what I was doing and so I actually sought out help and started to research and talk to a lot of different health care professionals. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't quite get, you know, a direct answer. I got a lot of bits and pieces, mm -hmm. which is actually how and why Clean Forks was born, because I wish that I would have had one place to help guide me through the process of changing my diet, of um, not just my diet, but my mindset. I had to, I literally, um, I think I spent a year and a half trying to give up coffee. And wow. for someone who is, I thought I was pretty <laughs> self-aware um, and pretty decisive when I decide I want, want to do something, I just do it. But something about, you know, consuming coffee, there's so many layers to it that I just couldn't kick the habit. And wow. so, you know, food has such an emotional component that I could not help but to become very proficient at how food actually makes us feel, not just physically, but emotionally. And so that's, I think, the, the missing link that is missing in a lot of other programs um, that just address the food issue, and they don't really address the emotional and the mental 
um, attachment and really dive deep into why it is that we are so emotionally attached to certain foods and how to actually be able to transition when we choose to. Yeah. I was telling you before we started to record that my husband and I are on a, on a cleanse and first you add good habits and then you slowly eliminate. And the day of caffeine, I don't drink coffee. It makes me so like amped. I don't like that feeling. And so I come home after I saw clients that day and I come home and my husband is like wrapped in a blanket at 5 p.m. on the couch, just like crumpled up and just in pain, suffering. I'm like, is it because you didn't have ca- your coffee today? He's like, I have withdrawals. I mean, it's really, it's powerful, you know, and there, there is, you know, and for me, it's like, I crave like breads and stuff, even though I try to eat gluten free, there's lots of alternatives and it's still processed. And so it's like, and it can overtake, you know, like the thoughts, the desires. And there is that kind of, that's that whole mind-body connection, I think, that you're speaking to. Can you talk a little bit about how that nutritional piece has, like, come up for you as a therapist? Because you still have your practice um, as well, where you see clients there in addition to Clean Fork. So, Tell me a little bit about that and what that looks like. Because I know sometimes therapists just avoid it altogether thinking, I'm going to look like a nutritionist and I don't want to act perform out of my scope. So can you speak to that? Yeah, of course. So, um, so I'm curious, are you asking about how I integrate uh, nutrition into my mental health practice? Yeah, did it end up after this journey of your own kind of, health and challenges, then did that carry over as a therapist into the therapeutic room? Yes. And it actually started way before I opened up my private practice. I was in public mental health Mm -hmm. and within the demographic that I was working with, I recognized that there were a lot of nutritional vulnerabilities. And so just to, to be really clear, um, I actually approach nutrition within mental health, uh, a very carefully and from the perspective of psychoeducation and assessment. So clinicians are obviously not nutritionists unless they are. And so we obviously legally have to be really um, cautious to stay within our scope of practice, Mm -hmm. but also within our scope of competence and, um, as long as we are well-versed in this topic that we're talking about, we can talk as therapists freely about how nutrition impacts mental health from the perspective of psychoeducation. Now, what does that actually look like in the room? It would look like asking the client uh, and assessing perhaps what they have had to eat or drink that day. Cause as you know, you know, we should be asking for levels yeah. of dehydration because when a client is dehydrated, that can show up, you know, in many different ways. So, and it, it could look like a different diagnosis altogether. Yeah. So from the perspective of assessment, it's absolutely critical for us to be assessing what the client has actually consumed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then also to be able to make the appropriate referrals, it's good standard of care to understand what the client's vulnerabilities are and, and what, 
types of referrals are going to be appropriate for that client. Mm-hmm. And it, what it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like saying, well, you know, why don't you consume <laughs> almonds? Because that's, you know, has a good level of omega-3 for your brain. So it's not about prescribing specific foods or obviously quantities of anything, mm-hmm. but you can present the client with studies and um, with literature that helps the client make the decision themselves as well as making appropriate referrals to either doctors, um, to nutritionists, to dietitians, um, you know, people, right. professionals that are competent in addressing that piece. Yeah. Just like, I mean, just like part mm-hmm. of our assessment is, is looking at medical cause and those kinds of things. We feel mm-hmm. quite comfortable to look for those and refer to a primary care physician or a specialist. I think it's the same thing of what you're saying of like knowing a nutritionist or a dietitian and those kinds of things, referring to them, collaborating with them to support the client and in integrating whatever those professional recommendations are, right? Yes, exactly. And more importantly, too, um, let's just say that, you know, the client does have some type of a food-related issue. Um, we're trained to address the emotional yes. part of it. Yeah. And I think that therapists in general shy away from even talking about it, even getting close to the topic of nutrition because they don't feel like that's within their scope when everything is within our scope as long as we are actually addressing the mental and emotional component and more importantly, how it impacts their relationships. Of course, if we're, you know, MFTs. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a really important piece. and. I- I, you know, I say that to really um, encourage and empower therapists to understand that they are competent in addressing the emotional and the mental piece of of food and especially, you know, and many times addiction. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to go back a little bit to your own kind of process and... When did you kind of take it to the next level to dig in and get more knowledge, you know, because beyond, because you are a coach in this area. So when did that happen and how did you go about doing that? So it it actually happened throughout several years. Um, For me personally, I recognized very early on in grad school that in order to be able to help other people, I had to help myself first. If I wasn't able to pay attention and be present in the room because I was overstimulated on coffee mm-hmm. or I was exhausted, my clients were going to feel that and they were going to see that. Yeah. Um, and so I really took it upon myself to make sure that I was well-versed in the topic and I, that I was able to master my own nutrition so that my performance and my ability to show up and help other people wasn't compromised. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the years of being an intern and, and also licensed therapist, I, I recognized that a lot of people were struggling with being able to be um, present and pay attention and um, also, um, but also like being, able to systematize their nutrition in a way that 
was that that actually made sense and was fairly simple. And so I got asked a lot of questions because of the things that I was doing and the types of foods I would bring into the office. And so I just decided to develop a system that helps people really put that together in an easy and digestible way, so to speak. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's this aspect of your own, you know, your, your work with the client and then your own health and how that directly impacts. What kinds of trends do you see as therapists? I mean, we have, most of us have a very sedentary kind of job <laughs> because yes, we, we absolutely. a lot. <laughs> you know, I always joke about my most expensive piece of furniture in my office when I had one was my chair because that's where I had to spend a lot of time. So I needed really good place to sit. So with us being so sedentary, with the emotional kind of work we do, what kinds of things do you see? Well, I see, um, I see that we're tired, you know, being, being sedentary, unfortunately, doesn't allow for us to move our body and have, you know, that oxygen constantly flowing through our body. So I see that we're tired. And then you add on top of that, you know, if we're not feeding ourselves properly, not hydrating properly, that's another compounding factor. And it adds another level of vulnerability. Um, Believe it or not, sitting presents us a huge vulnerability because of the lack of activity, lack of oxygen, but also being in the same position is a stressor to the body. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, I don't address that, but, you know, I, I address another potential vulnerability, which is the nutritional part. And if we are not feeding ourselves and hydrating properly, then, you know, that's going to show. That's going to show in our ability to stay focused and pay attention and really track well um, with our client. And what's interesting is that, you know, I've been talking with my husband, who's also a therapist, and he brought up a really interesting uh, point as well, that you know, a lot of therapists are actually embarrassed to even talk about um, the fact that they sometimes nod off in the sessions. And yeah. he's admitted, and he he's open about it, so it's not like I'm telling a, a secret, but he has admitted that at one point he fell asleep in a session. And, mm-hmm. it you know, that could be incredibly embarrassing and really bad for business because um, mm-hmm. I can't necessarily imagine a client wanting to come back to that. Yeah. So our, you know, our ability to really be there with the client uh, requires us to be able to take care of ourselves first and foremost and be very present. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk a lot about this in boot camp about how do you structure your day so that you can be as good from the beginning as you are at the end, you know, so that you're giving the same per- parts and amount of energy of yourself. Um, so that the, your evening clients don't get half of you basically. And a lot of us talk about like getting up and moving around and those sorts of things, but it's also like, what are you putting in your mouth (laughs) between sessions? Um, and things like that. What kinds of tips do you have for therapists? You know, when we're like back to back, maybe for a few hours, yeah. What do you suggest regarding the sustenance of? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm glad that you're asking that because I am, I, um, 
I'm a chronic offender of this, so to speak. I have been scheduling clients back to back, like five or six in a row uh, for a number of weeks. And um, it doesn't quite allow for a nice break, but I get to be much more productive in other areas of the day. So for me, that works, but I had to plan very well for it. And so I do recognize that, you know, with with clinicians that are really busy and that are booked up and like to st- um, structure the day in a similar way, that can work. I think as long as we pre-plan and we, we make sure, first and foremost, that we're hydrated. Hydration starts from the day before. So mm-hmm. if, if you know that you're going to have back-to-back clients and you're going to have a little break in between, then it really helps to go into the day already prepped. Mm -hmm. So starting to drink water from the day before, making sure that you're hydrated for that um, because you're probably not going to have a ton of time to really feed and nourish yourself yourself during those six hours. Mm -hmm. And then also meal prepping. It's really, really important to have an, uh, have a very well-balanced day the day before nutritionally with obviously, you know, vegetables and lean proteins um, and reducing the amount of refined carbohydrates as well as like sodas and and fruit juices and that kind of stuff um, because those tend to dehydrate the body. And then making sure to take snacks throughout the day like fruit or vegetables, um, nothing necessarily heavy. Mm-hmm. during those five or six hours um, because that tends to make us sleepy. Even the healthiest food, if we eat if we eat uh, healthy, heavy food or a lot of it, it can make us really sleepy and lethargic. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's going to, that's going to show in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you guys are listening or watching, that is the big point here is that, in terms of you as a therapist, how you take care of yourself does have direct implications into your clinical work. But I think Shelly is also very passionate just about you as a person and your own health just because you're an important person to the world and you have family and relationships and so you need to take care of yourself for your own longevity. Um, So, In terms of someone that might be listening to this saying, all right, like, I do struggle with this area, and I've tried lots of different things, and I don't know what to do. What do you recommend as a good starting place for people that want to gain more knowledge that maybe want to heal in this area or embark on a journey of of improving their health and nutrition? Well, it can take many different directions. Um, I think it depends on learning style, but, you know, I, I think that being able to enlist the support of an expert, being able to um, research and get, in, you know, get information, I think is a really great use of time because everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. It's just how we actually use it. And, um, you know, getting support will help those feelings of maybe feeling overwhelmed with information because, you know, all the information that we need in order to change habits and and change our lives is really already out there. It's just 
how can you consume it in a way that's not going to be overwhelming and, um, you know, that it's going to be actually detrimental to the, the very thing that you're trying to change. So um, I would suggest to enlist support in those, you know, in whatever resources that help you feel comfortable. Um, obviously, cleanforks.com is a great resource. Um, and, you know, joining a community, I think, is really, really important because we can borrow from a community the motivation that we might, you know, not have on a certain day. And that's really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. So definitely join a community. I actually have a community of women entrepreneurs on Facebook that is called Eat to Thrive. And we share a lot of really cool tips, uh, mindset pieces, recipes, um, you know, ask questions about, uh, people ask a lot of questions about specific products in there. Um, we, I'm actually running a challenge right now. So there's free challenges that are really meant to drive the focus and to get a lot more clear on what direction you want to go. I have to say, I think about challenges. There's a lot of different challenges you see in as entrepreneurs, you know, blog challenges and all these other things. But speaking as a person who does nutritional challenges and I do cleanses and things, what I like about them is that, you know, if I blog for my business, that's great. That benefits my business, which then generates income, fine. But when you do like a nutritional challenge, like what you're saying is it benefits not just your business, it benefits your personal life. I mean, it's a holistic kind of thing. And if you have small ahas, like you're talking about the hydration, that is a huge struggle for me, like to carry water around. I don't know why. I have no problem carrying my iPhone around, but if you ask me to carry a liter of water, it's like, oh my gosh. And like to be hydrated just this past week, you know, I've gotten used, I don't have to go to the bathroom constantly anymore. I've just, my body has now adjusted because it needed the water, you know, and so now it knows to absorb it better. And, and I feel amazing. So just little things that you can learn from challenges are are worth their weight in gold. And the fact that you're doing them for free is great. They're not always free. So, (laughs) yeah, I think that's a very important component because I do believe that I fundamentally believe that people do want to feel better. People do want to get better. Yeah. There's certain challenges um, that prevent them from getting there. And, you know, it's, um, again, it's really about reaching out for help and, and seeing what works for you. Not every single challenge is going to work, but you know, maybe some challenges will. And I, and that's for me personally, that's important. That's why it's important for me to offer that for free. Um, because you never know whose, whose life you're going to change. And I, I primarily love working with entrepreneurs and healers and coaches and people who are helping other people because that's really where we're making the biggest impact. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that's probably why I am a, I really like what you're doing because I love businesses that are givers, you know, people that continue to give and you're one of those people. So I really appreciate that about you. And my hope is that anyone listening, whether you're a therapist or um, another kind of allied health professional, that maybe today, check out cleanforks.com, start looking at 
your nutrition, start thinking about how it shows up in, in the room with your clients and see where, where you want to go with it. Maybe make some goals around this and, and start to pay attention a little bit more because if we can all be healthier, that's going to be better for our lives and for the lives of our clients. So Shelly, thank you so much for showing up today and sharing a bit of yourself and your story. And I love that you are a therapist who has taken other passions and created a business out of that as well. That's always exciting to see. And so um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you at Clean Forks and um, all the good stuff that you're doing. Thank you so much. And um, as a resource for everybody here, uh, for your audience as well, I'm actually coming out with a 21-day body and biz boot camp. Mm-hmm. And it is that just that, 21 days. And it's actually a, an amazing program that really merges both your, the, body of, the health of your body and components of your business and how they intersect. So the program is 21 days. It's going to talk about rewriting limiting beliefs around weight issues and also business, business related topics as well. Um, it, you know, we're going to go into discovering the narrative that keeps those types of um, habits that are not helpful to either your health or to your business. And then this also comes with recipes and all sorts of other really fun stuff. Cool. And that can be, they can find out about that at Clean Forks, or is there another place for that? Um, yes, they can find out about that in cleanforks.com. All right, cool. All right, you guys, go forth, be healthy, happy, and build wonderful practices, support each other, and we'll see you next time. And eat to thrive. <laughs> <laughs>